and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Fly and Changes Mindset show. Um, I'm Jenny Winterleach and I am thrilled to be joined today with by Tia Ickenen. Hi Tia. Hi. Um, so Tia, you're 18 yeah. and you're now working on a professional show jumping yard and you've had quite a journey to get to this point, haven't you? Um, yeah, it's been very up and down, but yeah. we're here. Super. And you want to share your story today because um, I think it's really an inspirational story. Um, no one ever thinks their own is, though. They're just like, is it? That's that's just what that's been my life. Like, I don't know any different. So I'm going to be asking you today about all the things that you, you know, that's made you who you are and where you are right now. So at the moment, you're currently jumping um, meter 30s and you've done international 120s and things. So you're so you're, you know, international show jumper at 18. Well done. Pretty good. Um, tell us a little bit about What's gotten you to where you are today? Um, well, I say um, to get me to like jump in these internationals, it's mainly been my support network. Um, I've been very lucky to have a few really good coaches who have helped me get there, a few mindset coaches as well as um, show jumping coaches. And without them, I definitely wouldn't have got to 120, let alone jump in 130 at an international show. So... I have them to thank and also my horse as well I wouldn't be anywhere without her she does everything she can for me and for that I'm very grateful for my mum for letting me have the opportunity to have an incredible horse like mine. So tell us a little bit about your horse then and, and what you've been through with her. Yeah so I've had her now about a year and a half um, she's 16 hand 13 year old Dutch warm blood um, she jumped the amateur circuit before I got her in Ireland, so about 115, 120. Um, and I got her just before COVID lockdown, so we didn't get much done last year. The end of last year, we headed to Belgium, and then early this year, we were in Portugal. So yeah. So you're you're uh, you're traveling around internationally as well. That's pretty cool. At Eighteen, isn't it? Yeah. What do you What do you love about the international circuit then? Um, it's just completely different to what you'd find in England or Ireland. Um, the arenas are spectacular. The courses are so well designed and so well put together. It's a lot easier, I think, to personally ride at an international course than it is to ride around like a national course. Um, it's just got a great atmosphere and great feel and feels like a dream come true, really. That's absolutely gorgeous. So at 18, then you're already living your dream. Wow, that's so awesome. Now, it hasn't always been like this for you, has it? So just tell us a little bit about, you know, you must have got into riding quite young um, to be where you are right now. So just tell us a little bit about how it all started for you and where it all began. Um, so both my parents are horsey. Um, my mum did quite a lot of dressage and judging um, before she had me and when I was very young. Um, my dad was more into team chasing and jumping. Um, so I've had ponies from a young age, lived on a big, busy livery yard from the day I was born up until I was about 13. Um, always helped out at the shows and wrote, sat on all my mum's horses. Always had the opportunity to have ponies at home. Um, 
I was never really that serious about the sport. It was just riding for fun until maybe about three years ago. And then I kind of got into it more seriously. And yeah, just now haven't looked back and wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Awesome. So what changed three years ago then for you that meant that suddenly you decided, you know, I'm going to do this seriously. So you must have been, what, about 15? Uh, yeah, maybe about six, 15, 16. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure, to be honest, but I had a lot of problems with bullying from a few of my old close friends. Um, and after that, I sort of gave up. And then with help of a few supportive people, I found my love for the horses again. And then I just kind of decided that I didn't want to do anything else. I wanted to make that my life because that was when I was the happiest. And then I got two incredible horses and they changed it completely for me. Wow. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's getting the right horse sometimes that really makes that big, big difference for you. And what was it about those two incredible horses that, that made such a change for you? Um, well, the mare that I have now, she has a heart of a lion. She will jump absolutely anything I put in front of her. We have the best bond on the ground and ridden. She'll do anything for me. I'll do anything for her. And I've never had a bond like that with a horse never really had like good horses that have jumped to like a good level but also never had a proper really affectionate mare and never really realized quite how special it is to have a bond with a horse like that so so what does that bond do and give you then how do, how is she different i know exactly what you mean about the mares you get a good one you really know everyone says that don't they but until you actually experience it you're like oh, what are they on about um, I don't know. There's just something about her. She is the sweetest, most affectionate horse, but she's also very sassy. She has a lot of quirks, but she trusts me and I trust her with my life. And when it when we go in the ring, she knows what she has to do. She knows when the jump off starts and when the clock finishes. She knows that is the moment that she has to jump her heart out and she always jumps her heart out no matter what. That is gorgeous. And it's so special, isn't it, when we have those special horses where we just think, yeah, this this is what it's about, isn't it? This is why I do it. So so that's now. And we'll get into a little bit about the now maybe later on. But tell us a little bit then about, you know, you say you've had some challenges, you've had some bullying, you've had some things that happen and you nearly gave up completely. And I think, you know, I, I'm totally with you on this. When I was younger, I was severely bullied at a yard, severely bullied. And nearly gave up but there was just something in me and I wasn't from a horsey background like you either like you could see where it come from in you like you were brought up around them um but there was something in me that just that fire kept burning that meant that I wasn't I wasn't going to give up I had a bit of time off I need you know did that but I just kept coming back to the horses and I just had to be around them and so I know how horrid it is when you're young yeah. to be to be bullied and there's so much of it unfortunately that goes on and it's not just on yards it's in lots of things in life but yards can be a hotbed for it they really can can't they so just tell us a little bit about you know what went on for you and and hopefully there might be someone listening or in, and if they're not listening then get them to to listen to this um that's having maybe some issues with bullying right now or is thinking about giving up because other people and and hopefully, you know, hearing your story and, and you telling us what, what went on for you and what you did about it is going to help them to realise that there not only is light at the end of the tunnel, but you could be out living your dream 
but yeah. not to give up on it you know not to give up on it when it gets hard so tell us a bit about what you went through and and, and you know what it was like for you okay so maybe I think maybe about three years ago now um I moved across the country with my family started a new school made some new friends and everything was going great had my ponies and was jumping at uh, out and about a bit um then it came to light that a few people who pretended to be my friend were actually hating on me on various platforms and group chats and basically tearing down my instagram account on a daily basis um going on for about six months and well let's just say the stuff that they said pretty much broke my heart um I couldn't see my horses without bursting into tears without what they said coming to mind I actually turned my horses out in the field and said I can't do this anymore I wrote for sale adverts for both of my ponies at the time told my friends that if they know anyone looking for a horse I've got two for sale I'm not doing this anymore um I tried to do some other stuff um it was actually in the middle of the summer during my GCSE exams so um that was the added pressure but there was something in me I couldn't get into anything else whatever I tried the horses were always in the back of my mind um and it's taken a long time to kind of find my love for it again and I think the mare that I have now she really did help with that and getting to jump at all these shows it proved to me why I do it the feeling going into the ring the feeling when you cross that finish line that's why I didn't give up and I also had a very very good support network with my family and my friends who stood behind me every step of the way they were there when I took a break. They were there when I picked it back up again. And I'm very glad that I didn't give up because who would have thought that now, two years, three years later, I would be able to class myself as an international show jumper. So. And so, I mean, obviously, you, you don't want to go into exactly what the girls were saying and things, but, you know, there were obviously some pretty nasty things being said about you. And, and I really feel for you guys... I'm going to sound really old now, nowadays because you know that we didn't have social media when I was younger like the bullying that went on at the yard was at the yard and then when you left the yard it couldn't carry on I mean they might talk to each other in between they were all friends and things as well but that was it you know there was no there was no platform for it to happen on or anything and yet now there's all this you know things that can happen behind your back people can troll and create groups and do all sorts of stuff can't they and you know tell us a, just a little bit about um what sort of things were happening and and were you even aware of them at the time or was this you know unaware to you um well at the time when it first started i was completely unaware i didn't even know what was going on really these girls were coming over to my house we were going riding together we were going to shows together i was confiding in them when i had a bad day at school um like there were odd messages on say like anonymous apps um saying stuff that I shouldn't be riding my horses I shouldn't have them I'm not good enough and all this um but it wasn't till one of the girls actually who had been saying some of the nasty things she actually came forward and told me about what was going on I'm not really sure why because she kind of put herself in not really the best place but she actually told me what was going on 
showed me the messages and then I realised it had been going on for four, five, six months. Them coming over to my house and then going back on their phones and saying all this behind my back, saying that I shouldn't have my horses, I'm wasting them, ruining them, all kind of things, saying that they need to call the RSPCA and all of these things were adding up and adding up. Every post I put on Instagram, they shared it to the group chat and hated and took apart every piece of writing that I posted. Um, so, yeah. And so, obviously, when you're not aware of something, you're blissfully ignorant. Like, it's going on and you don't know about it. And you're kind of carrying on thinking everything's fine. And then that moment when, you know, she came and said to you, look, this is going on. And my guess from a professional perspective is probably she felt really bad and wanted it to sort of stop, actually. And although she was doing it, she was probably dragged into it and kind of got swept up in it a little bit. And, you know, often when groups of people get together, particularly women and girls, um, you know, you're, you're united by something. And unfortunately, at that time, they were united by this, this, you know, hating on you. But it made them a group, it made them cohesive, but she obviously realised that she didn't want to be a part of that, probably, is, is my guess. So she came and told you, what was the impact on you then at that, that moment when, when you realised this was happening? Like, God, blimey. Well, at first, I looked through the messages, and I kind of laughed it off. I was like, oh, huh, you know, whatever kind of thing I told my mum very kind of like oh look what these girls have been saying about me when they've been coming over and all that and I just kind of laughed it off and then the more and more I thought about it the more and more it hurt that they were saying that stuff while I was still confiding in them um so when something bad at school happened I went to them and then they went to the group chat and it was just kind of hard knowing that people who I trusted with every aspect of my life had been then sharing it with other people and tearing me apart at the same time um yeah yeah absolutely and that hurts you know that's horrible isn't it to think that you trust people and and then that's going on okay so that so that was the impact so then because of that what did you then do then what what happened when you when you knew about this um, so it was kind of kept between me, my mum and the girl that came forward for a while, but I actually, I couldn't cope on my own with it anymore. So I confided in one of my best friends at school. She wasn't a part of it at all. Um, then I actually told a teacher at school that I really trusted and really liked. And we did go a bit further down speaking to someone a bit higher up at school, but there was only one girl who was part of it at my school and that's the one who came forward and I said that I didn't want anything to be said to her because she did the right thing in telling me about it and that takes a lot of guts. I don't know if I would have been able to do that if I was in her shoes. Um, so my mum spoke to the parents of all the girls and all the other schools but nothing really happened. So the parents kind of blamed me and said that the girls were allowed to let off steam and then put the blame on me so gosh wow so you know there you are kind of obviously so the, the one girl that was at your school then I can totally understand why she felt she needed to say something to you then because she's at your school and the others aren't you know she's kind of dragged into this outside of school and then she, she's friendly and with you everything at school like that's that's not a nice thing to be doing for anyone is it to have that kind of literal two-facedness it's no surprise so fair enough. And you were very obviously very mature about it. But I think the most important thing was that you did 
go to someone and tell them it was happening, like an adult or someone that, you know, whether they could do anything about it or not, you'd shared that. And I think that's really important, don't you, that if something like this is going on, that you don't you don't keep it to yourself and, and let it get to you in that respect. It doesn't mean it's going to stop, does it? But but what was it like when you actually shared this? It Honestly, it felt like I could breathe again. Um, I was in such a bad place before I told anyone, but I was hiding it because I didn't think it really mattered. Like, it was only just in a private group chat. Like, no one else could see what they were saying other than me and them. But then it kind of got to me that it does still matter, even though it's not broadcasted all over social media. It is still a form of bullying. And then when I told someone massive weight just lifted off my shoulders I felt like I could could breathe again even though nothing was done about it it just meant that then they knew why I was in such a dark place and it did really really help and I completely recommend anyone if they're ever going through anything similar tell someone because it honestly does make everything that much better and so, and obviously, I know you said you told your mum and you told the school, but if you, if someone feels like they can't tell a family member or maybe the family member's involved in it or they can't tell the school because maybe the school's somehow, you know, involved or the people are at the school or what have you, there are lots of other places that they can go to where they can, can ask for help and things as well, don't they? I've as well spoken to quite a few different um, online kind of charities and stuff. And it, it does help as well knowing that they have no idea who you are. Um, like for example Childline online they have no idea who you are so it does make it easier than speaking to say my mum or a friend face to face and actually having to see their reaction and hear their tone of voice when you tell them something like this because it also did break my mum's heart to hear and see the messages that these girls were saying about me so yeah and it's not like you were doing anything to provoke them you were just doing your thing and they were obviously jealous or whatever they had their own stuff going on okay so you told them and the the school couldn't really do anything about it understandably because they weren't part of the school what happened did it carry on or did it you know Uh, sort of stop somehow so when the girls found out that i found out and that someone told um they then created another group chat just without the person who came forward um, and they were still messaging for a while until my mum spoke to the parents. All the parents spoke to the kids. Um, I say kids, they're all kind of my age, like 14, sort of 15. Um, and then my mum also spoke to the other schools. And apparently some of the schools did have chats with the girls, but I'm not really sure how far it went. Um, one of them started messaging me and apologizing saying that she didn't mean to do any of this and for me not to report it because she's doing her GCSEs and it will be too stressful for her if I report it um but at the end of the day I was also doing my GCSEs when I found all this out and she only came forward because she got found out and that didn't mean anything to me so I didn't really I didn't talk to her. I just ignored her. I blocked them all on every social media I had. And I told my mum, do what you think is right. If it's reported them, report them. Just leave me out of it, basically. 
And that was a very brave and, and actually very grown up thing to have done is just to break away from that and say, right, I just don't want any part of it. And and again, if you think of the girl that was saying, oh, you know, please don't tell anyone, please. You know, they, they knew what they were doing wasn't OK. But sometimes you can get so swept along in something, can't you? You can get so kind of involved in something that you can't then back out um you know it's, it's gotten too much and and even if you try and back away someone else tries to sort of drag you into it and things as well and you know it can be really hard so it, we're listening to your side of the story but it's always really interesting to hear the the other side of it as well and and for people that have have done that sort of thing you know why what was it what was it and it's nearly always something like jealousy or feeling you know that they're, it's not fair that you've got something you have or they've got to work really hard for something or they, they see it as an injustice and they need to vent that but there's just there's ways of doing it and and you know that that wasn't it and clearly it went too far it, it just it it went too much and the the opportunity to have stopped was when they had that opportunity but for whatever reason they couldn't okay yeah. So at this point in time, then nothing's really changed. People have been sort of reported, found out. You now know it's happening. What's the effect of you at this point in time, though? Because this must have been the point actually at which things were probably not really great for you because you knew it was happening then. Yeah. Um, my mental health dropped very, very quickly. Um, I was in a very, very dark place. Again, I couldn't see my horses without bursting into tears. I couldn't go single day without having their messages running through my head and then replaying things like when they came over and I told them something or I messaged them for some reason and then knowing that they went in the group chat everything was just replaying in my head I was doing my GCSEs at the time so I was very very stressed every day because of my exams I'd do my exams which did not go as well as they could have gone because I was distracted um, I was stressed about stuff outside of school as well so everything just kind of built up so I'd come out of my exams I'd be crying panicking that I've done really badly and then replaying everything that they've said I saw a few of them out at shows and I couldn't concentrate all I was thinking about was them um, I remember one show that I saw them unexpectedly and I basically had the worst round ever I couldn't think I kept looking over at them and seeing the messages playing around in my head and I know that I gave my horse an absolute awful ride that day um but yeah it just it just went on and on with me in a dark place for months and even to this day I do still think about what they say but I don't put my trust in them anymore I used to trust everything they say and felt like I needed to justify what I was doing with my horses. But I've kind of got to a point now that my horses are my horses. My mare is very, very well looked after. If anyone sees her in person, they will know that for sure. But at the end of the day, it's my horse. It's my life. And I've kind of got to the point now that this is me. This is my horse. And... This is how it's going to be. Me, my horse, my work. Leave awesome. And it's and, and the reason that we can have this talk today is because you you are through the other side of it now. You are in a good place. You've just got a mega fantastic new job at an international show jumping yard. Like you say, you're out doing, you're living your dream now and happy about it. I think it's really important sometimes to to reflect on what happened to help others as well. That's why you wanted to come on and, and talk about this, wasn't it? That if it helps even just one person 
who who is in the place that you were in then who feels like they're trapped they're stuck they're stressed they don't know what to do about it who do they go to for help what do they do should they even get help is this stuff true are they this person they're made out to be you know are they doing wrong by anyone or anything or their horses you know this you start believing it after a while you see enough of it and you start thinking they must be right because there's all of them and only one of you isn't it yeah I did find that I was believing a lot of what they said um I would read their messages on a regular basis. I had it all saved on a USB stick in my bedroom. So I'd always be looking at their messages and I'd be going through it. And when they said something like, oh, she's doing this, I'd be like talking to myself, trying to justify what they're saying when in actual fact, what they said, it shouldn't have mattered, but it did. Um, Yeah. And to this day, it still does matter because... I have, I am getting better, but I do go into the ring looking around to see who's going to be there, who's going to be judging me. And that is why over the past year, there have been quite a lot of bad rounds because I've seen people that I know, even if it's no one to do with the bullying as such, but seeing anyone that I know changes how I feel and how I ride. So I have had to work on that a lot and I've had some great great help from coaches and mindset coaches that I wouldn't have been able to get through that with uh, without but I'm I'm still working on it so it's not I'm not yeah through it and the thing is no matter what's happened in our past we're nearly always works in progress even you know something like that which we would actually consider trauma we'd actually consider that as trauma you were young and it was happening and it was outside of your control um absolutely we can release it but there's always going to be perhaps a little remnants and we're always going to be working on it and there'll be something else that brings out that we weren't aware of but it doesn't have that massive effect anymore it it just it's just kind of like oh there it is again right that's fine I'll work through that so tell us then about the type of thing so so let's go back to where we were in the story which is that people now knew about it but nothing could really be done what happened that meant that you turned it around then because you did what what happened that that meant that you were then you you started the next phase the next thing um well the girl that came forward I I did actually I obviously I could see every message that she sent into the group chat as well she was yeah she did play a part in it but she did not play a big part in it I did somehow I don't know how but I did forgive her I haven't forgotten what she did but I did forgive her and I kind of made friends with her again and then because she knew how bad it was she knew how to be there for me because she knew how bad it hurt and how bad the messages were and how bad it got over time so it did help having her beside me because she already knew everything um so she was there beside me throughout it all once she came forward and then I guess having a break from the horses it made me realize that there's nothing else I would rather do than be with the horses. Yes, it broke my heart seeing them and having all the messages replay in my head. But at the same time, being away from them also broke my heart. And I guess I decided what kind of hurt more. And what hurt more was not being with them and feeling like the girls had won and that they had broken me. And then I realised that I shouldn't be letting them control my life and that I needed to change something and then I did I kind of changed my mindset and realized that I shouldn't be putting my trust into them and 
basically I kind of felt like I needed to prove them wrong and that kind of gave me a bit of motivation and I guess um to kind of get back into it and say that I can actually I did get through this and I did actually in a way I did prove them wrong but I got through it and yeah wow so you know it absolutely that's so true isn't it which which hurts more the the thoughts of some other girls which in a few years time they won't even be part of your life probably they'll be off doing other things and what have you and you you might see them possibly one day maybe but they're not really a, a part of it anymore but you're forging your your path and doing what you love so is it their approval or you know whatever it is they're saying or is it actually what you really want which hurts more not having your horses or not having them yeah exactly and I think that's where it's absolutely gorgeous that you've got something like horses in your life that are that passion, that are that place that you can be and be yourself and feel the horses always accept us. Well, apart from, you know, if they're annoyed with us, but yeah, <laughs> especially if you've got a mare. Um, yeah. But, you know, to have that is so key. And it's just really sad that there's so many girls and, and boys out there that don't have something like that, that passion to go to. And, and actually the gorgeous animal like that so they can go and be around that that doesn't care doesn't even know what instagram is you know just wants to be around you as a person and get fed and loved and groomed and and you know and and enjoy time together so tell us a little bit about what kind of help you did get because you didn't do this entirely on your own um and i think this is really important that people know that you you can potentially do it on your own but really we always need support to get through things like this from the right people and what kind of things did they help you to do um so obviously I had the support of my mum who was a very very big support she allowed me to take the break from the horses she didn't push me into getting back into anything but when I did um she then would take me to show she'd help me with the horses and everything um so from that point of view I had her beside me and helping me kind of get back into it I did have a few really good friends who were always there when I needed to talk, when I needed to rant and when I just needed to get things off my chest. It was good to know that I had people there. Um, I also had a few teachers at school that I went to when I was really struggling and who were always there. Um, And it was nice to be able to speak to an adult who kind of, I guess, kind of had a bit of different advice from say my friends would do um and yeah I'd say mainly my family my friends and then a few teachers at school really did help me kind of get back into the place where I wanted to be and I think that's really important actually like you say that you go to an adult that's like impartial they're not involved in it and they can give you that view because your friends are great and they're lovely but they're going to say all sorts of things <laughs> and they're always on your side as well and, and so are your parents and people like that and it's gorgeous you need to have them that's really important that you you go and find them um, but I think it's also really important that you go and find an adult who is impartial and can give you some really great practical maybe advice so what kind of, you know, practical advice, what kind of practical things did you do? Um, to be honest, like looking back at it, I didn't actually, I didn't actually do a lot. I obviously I blocked all of the girls on social media on every single platform I possibly had, blocked their numbers, deleted all my messages with them. Then the memory stick with all their messages 
I still have. But I did put that away. I tried my hardest not to look at the messages, try not to think about it. Um, I just basically blocked them out of, tried to block them out of my mind. Um, I started planning shows to take my mind off things, planning what I was going to do after my GCSEs. Um, basically, I was trying to keep as busy as possible and have something else to focus on instead of what had been going on. Um, and that did really help planning loads of good, fun things to do with the ponies and my friends. It was just kind of nice to have a bit of fun after a very, very stressful kind of few months. So. Yeah, and I think that that's really important. And it's been a bit like that during lockdown, to be honest, hasn't it? Everyone's been cooped up and there's probably been lots of this sort of thing going on. And um, to kind of plan some stuff that you're really looking forward to and, and you know, getting that kind of sense of going and having some fun again. It's really important, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So then you started getting out again, you're getting competing. How how was that for you? What happened there? Um the first show I went to after my kind of break, one of the girls was there. Um and I remember going in the ring for the first round and I completely fell apart. The round was one of the most awful rounds I have ever ridden in my life. Um but after that I kind of got my kind of act together and we actually did jump a really good round after that and then after a few shows I saw them a few more times but then I was trying to stay I guess in my bubble I was focusing on my horse and me and trying my absolute hardest not to focus on them sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't um but soon after all this happened, I actually moved over to Ireland. So I didn't actually have to worry about that because they were all in England and I was in Ireland. So that definitely made it a bit easier. And I think sometimes it is, OK, you know, not everyone's able to say to their parents, can we move to another country, please? But just somehow removing yourself from it can can absolutely, you know, any adults that are listening to this that think that, you know, it's, it's not just it's not just kids that get bullied or teenagers. You know, it's, it's adults as well, particularly if they're on yards where there's people that aren't very helpful and things like that. Just remove yourself from the situation like you are perfectly allowed to do that. And what difference did it make when actually you took away the potential of them being in your life anymore? Um, it honestly, it made such a big difference when I knew that they weren't there. And like, obviously, I knew that they wouldn't be able to see anything I posted on any social media because they were blocked, unless they had like different account or whatever, but I tried to block everything. Um, and also, when I did move to Ireland, I knew that I wouldn't see them. So it kind of, it gave me a bit of a break when I moved to Ireland, because I didn't have to worry about anything to do with them because I knew I wouldn't see them. So the first kind of maybe first year in Ireland, it was just a bit of kind of, although I was competing and working, it was kind of downtime from that whole situation because there was no way I was ever going to bump into them. So I didn't have to worry about seeing them at shows or anything. So it was just complete time away from that whole situation. So, yeah, absolutely. Time to heal, time to get away from things. And, you know, um, I'm actually celebrating tomorrow with one of my ambassadors and she's doing my licensed coach program as well. She started up a, a barefoot rehab um, company. You know, that's what she does. She's very, very good at it. And we always said to her, the first time you get a troll, the first time you get someone saying something horrible about your online, we're going to celebrate. 
Because when we start to think about why these girls might have been doing this and why people do this stuff, it's normally because they're jealous or they're threatened. Now, if you're not doing anything that's good or that you're, you know, potentially good at it or you might beat them or you might be better at them than it or you might show them up, they won't they won't be bothered. They, there's, there's no fuel for the fire, is there? So actually, you know, when you start to think about it as, oh, hang on, I've got one who's coming at me now and telling me that I shouldn't be doing it or I'm wrong or this, that, the other and, and you know, um then uh, or saying that you know all this stuff that they come up with well they wouldn't be doing that if they weren't bothered by you so you can start to reframe it into well they must have been they must have been threatened or they must have been jealous great I have got something that someone is jealous of how blessed am I how amazing must that be how much gratitude can I have for you know what you must have had and the rider you must have been for them to be able to 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 need to do that um you must have been you must have just been had something that they were so deeply deeply jealous of did you ever look at it that way um I did in time like I kind of looked at what I had so I had two ponies at the time I had my horses at home I literally walked out my kitchen door and I had this lovely barn with my stables and everything where my horses were I had a lovely horse lorry a mum who drive me to shows whenever I wanted to go um mum who'd buy me the ponies and help me out with everything when it came to them so I kind of understood I don't understand why they did it but I can understand why they were jealous if they were because I know that they didn't have that none of them had horses at home two of them had their own horses but not at home they're on livery yards and they wouldn't have been going out to shows on a regular basis so I can kind of see where they're coming from. I still don't understand why they did what they did. But I can kind of see that, yeah, okay, look what I had. I had a lot. So, yeah, maybe, okay, they did. They were jealous. And I can kind of see that, I guess. So. thing is, we're never going to know why people do things. Like, gosh, if we knew that, that would be, the world would be an amazing place, wouldn't it? We're never really going to know, like why they did what they did but we can have a good guess at the fact it was probably based around on the fact that they 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 didn't like what you had and you know they they didn't like that and so what do you do well they can't stop you having it because you know that that's that's not the case so what can they do they can join together in their adversity against you and and have a whinge and a moan about it because that's that's something they could do you know okay so then, so you, so you moved away to Ireland and you started going again. And so then tell us about the last couple of years then that meant that you just kind of skyrocketed towards where you are now. Um, it's kind of been an absolute whirlwind. Um, maybe two years ago, I wouldn't have even expected to be where I am now. So we moved to Ireland straight after my GCSEs. Uh, actually, no, a year after my GCSEs. And we've now been in Ireland nearly two years um i've been working in the industry ever since we brought two ponies over with us one left about two months after we came and then i just had my um connemara pony who i jumped at quite a lot of registered shows over ireland and then i kind of started saying to my mum look i really want to get serious into this i want to keep progressing and after a lot of convincing, she finally agreed to start looking for a schoolmaster for me so I could start progressing and jumping bigger tracks and improving my riding. After one failed vetting, 
one horse that we lost out on driving all over Ireland and trying over 20 horses. We finally found one, which is a mare that I have now. She passed her veterans straight away and came home like the week after. Um, we had a very rocky start. Um, and then obviously when we are getting into it, lockdown happened. Um, but it's been a bit of a kind of surreal year because I got her a year ago in December um we jumped our first 110 before lockdown and then we were in lockdown for months I started going out to shows jumping kind of meter meter 10 at shows she was getting um she had a few injuries and a few kind of mishaps so she wasn't really in competing work all the time so we missed out on quite a lot of shows I then found a very very good job in Ireland I was there one week and then we made the drive over to Belgium for my first ever international show I had jumped probably four 110s before I went abroad never jumped 115 never jumped 120 and my first class was a 115 in a massive indoor arena at Centaur Park in Belgium um so yeah it's been a bit of a weird journey because we never really did much leading up to our first international but I learned so much being there for two weeks we went to two different showgrounds she placed in four out of six of her classes jumped our first 115 jumped our first 120 she brought home over 200 euros of prize money rosettes and had the time of my life really wow that is incredible and you know what do you think those girls would think of it now um i don't know really um i guess to be fair i, I did prove them wrong like everything they said doesn't make any difference now because i'm i can cast myself as an international show jumper which still feels very very bizarre um considering that only a few only a year ago I jumped my first ever 110 and unregistered show and now a year later I can class myself as an international show jumper who's jumped 130 it's a bit of a surreal feeling and sometimes doesn't actually feel real that is so awesome and so inspiring to know that despite those girls trying to cut you down you know whether they were trying to do that or not it doesn't matter that's that's what's was going on that actually you found your passion and your love and you went oh do you know i have to leave them behind like i cannot i cannot have that that's going to stop my journey that's going to stop what i really want to do and and leaving the stuff on the side of the road and carrying on trucking um and in fact finding the accelerator as you absolutely did <laughs> just get the side and then it's like don't look in the rearview mirror you're not going that way you yeah. know there they are sat on the side of the road still having a little bitch and a moan they will have found someone else probably you know they'll find something else and, and that's just because they're unhappy yeah but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be yeah awesome cool so what bit of advice would you give to someone who might be listening into this would that be an adult or a young young girl young guy or a groom or anyone who's listening in who's thinking that really resonates with me like absolutely that that's what's going on now in some form or you know there's people doing that to me what would you say um, I think the biggest thing is to talk to someone, whether it be friend, family, member of staff from wherever you are, or just someone online. 
um because getting it off your chest it really does help it feels like a weight is lifted off your shoulders it changes everything and also to not give up because I think I'm kind of proof as such that if you don't give up your dreams can really come true because I've always dreamed of jumping at an international show in the space of only a few months I've been to two different international shows in two different countries come home with an absolutely ton of memories prize money rosettes placings so much experience and to think that I nearly gave up on it all and I nearly didn't follow my heart and my dreams because of all that um I think really just the main thing is just keep keep going whatever whatever happens you can always find a positive in a situation like that so yeah gorgeous thank you so much and thank you Tia as well for being brave and coming on and doing this because I know there's a bit of a wobble of oh I'm not sure I want to do this and I said look why do you want to do it and you said well I'm because actually I you know I want to inspire someone else I said what if one person listens to this and and doesn't give up on their dream and you you've had that effect and you know I do I'm a massive believer that our stories are our stories for a reason and if we can help other people that were in that place that you were in um that we've now had that story and we can go look I promise you it, you can change it then that's that's amazing don't keep it to yourself that's 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 selfish don't keep your story to yourself tell other people about it go and shout about it go and help other people that might be in that situation to to know that there is you know there's absolutely the support that they need if they've got that burning desire just keep trucking just keep going and and you'll get there yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tia. If people do want to follow you, see what you're up to, what's your successes and your trials and tribulations on your next phase of the journey, whatever that is, how can they do that? Um, so I have a Facebook page, which is just my name. So Tia Ifanin underscore showjumper. Um, and then I also have an Instagram account, which is just T and then my surname. So I-K-O-N-E-N -E underscore showjumping. I post tons of videos and a lot of show photos from both my international tours. Um, gorgeous so yeah fab well we all love good pony pictures and uh and we wish you every success you. um in everything you're doing and keep in touch yeah thanks thank to you. you bye and i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i did if you want to listen to more of them then please do follow us in apple in google and on podbean hack your mindset with jenny is the name of this podcast so please do subscribe follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one Bye everyone. You got this. You know you're gonna